Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast, everyone. My name is Ellen Parker. I'm your host, and I have a special guest today, Saraj Bahwani from uh, Acuity Ads. He's the Chief Strategy Officer at Acuity Ads. Welcome to the podcast, Sohaj. How are you doing? Thank you, Ellen. Delighted to be here. I am very excited to talk to you today because I've known of Acuity Ads for quite some time, but I came across a booth from a good friend of mine, Eric Schwartz, who's on your team. Yes. He started talking to me about, you know, he was one of the only programmatic table at the conference I attended. So it was nice to have almost like, almost like a cousin or a neighbor, like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And he mentioned Illumin, which is one of the conversations we're going to have, the DSP that you're mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we're going to talk about measurement. We're going to talk about, you know, answering the question, the media value, is it based on currency or, or measurement? So you'll help us really demystify what we understand as measurement, maybe talk about some brand safety. Uh, but before we hit the conversation, how about you give us a quick introduction by yourself, how you got to where you are, and then maybe a goal that you have in the next year. Yeah, so um, it's very interesting. I think it's, I had never imagined myself being in advertising or marketing. You know, you're not the first person to say that. I I was trained as an engineer. (laughs) I was trained as an engineer. And uh, my degree from MIT Mm -hmm. uh, is in artificial intelligence. I did my degree way back in in the late 80s the early years of what is called autonomous autonomous navigation. That's what my thesis is on, which is all robotic vision. So I always imagined myself working in some advanced defense lab or or aeronautics lab or something like that. But when I was at MIT, I got exposed to the media lab and the media lab was a crucible for media fusion. Oh, wow. Which was a fascinating environment where I began to learn sort of this emergence of the new media. And then finally in 1994, you know, when the commercial internet came into existence with the Mosaic, you know, browser and then the Netscape browser and so forth. Wow. uh, There were a few of us who actually partnered together to imagine that potentially there will be some exciting things to be done in this whole new environment that was called the internet. And so that translated into us starting up the first digital advertising agency, focusing on the strategies of how brands could actually go and take advantage of this whole new access point and relationship building opportunity. And so that was it. That was my beginning. And then uh, that just was, uh, was was crazy high growth environment in the early years. So we really had a great time, had big clients like LL Bean and American Express, Delta Airlines, Kraft General Foods, the big enterprise Fortune 50, which had their own unique demands, you know, and so forth. And so it was fine. It was great. We went public and sold that business ultimately to Publicis Media, the holding company in 2006. Okay, okay. I finished my contract and jumped off and then joined uh, another CEO in a venture that was funded by General Catalyst, a VC firm, and that was called Visible Measures. And that's really where I focused maniacally on the metrics and the measurement tied to how to make sense out of online video. And there we were partners and the providers of third-party measurement for YouTube and ultimately Google and others. And that turned out to be an amazing runway for us 
very high growth. You know where video has arrived already. Those were the early years when people were questioning what's video. And then we sort of now, nobody thinks that way. Everybody yeah, wants no. to do that. <laughs> it's crazy. It's all going like in, a, in the right direction, all positive. Yeah. And then ultimately I sold visible measures to Acuity and then became the, the chief strategy officer and the public face of the company. Right. Now you asked me about Lumen at the time, you know, this is where the past three years have gone for us anyway. I will let you lead us where you want me to go. Now go ahead and talk to us about Lumen because I had the quick demo during the conference. And so Eric had his, his screen and he was showing how not only is it a DSP where you can buy and access different type of inventory. So he mentioned a little bit of social, a little bit of programmatic and things like that. Um, but he also really focused on the journey. Yes. Wow. And that's the big deal. It was literally that's a map. It was a map that you could create. So yes. for a trader like myself, when you hear journey, consumer journey, or even how do you really set up a journey in a DSP, you hear, okay, well, this line item, this ad group is going to focus at this point of your journey. So maybe it's upper funnel tactics. And then this ad, ad group is going to focus to this. But we're going to layer some frequency in the way. But the way it looked, I was like, wow, this just simplified the whole thing. And then it visualized it for us. So for my friend listening, I'll try to work with Eric to probably give us a quick demo and have it like on our YouTube channel. But in the meantime, bear with us as Siraj is going to explain exactly what it is. And he's going to try to give us a visual exactly of why it's so cool. Like, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the coolness is nice. Yeah. Clearly. True. But in our business, especially when you talk about programmatic media, mm -hmm. people are so focused on results, as you know, right? Uh, yeah. And, and so we have to be careful about the way we talk about what is fundamentally different here in the way we think about it through Illumin. So Illumin was trying to solve a variety of problems. Okay. First among them is to start where you are. The idea of having interfaces that are intuitive, right? What made the Apple iPhone so successful? It was intuitive. It was easy to use. Anybody could okay. use it, right? And I think that's been the situation, the opposite of it in programmatic trading. You've come through there, so you know that, right? To become a professional trader, using programmatic media, it takes you some time, if not months, potentially years to become experienced and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. And then even when you are experienced, the amount of time it takes to set up the line items at the different stages, what have you, how programmatic is actually run across line items. Sometimes some campaigns might have a dozen line items. Others could have hundreds of line items, depending on tactics, right? Literally. Yes, exactly. And so our CEO one day just kind of looked at us and challenged us like, does programmatic advertising always have to run this way? Why can't we simplify this? Mm -hmm. Are there ways to do this thing? And so we took on that challenge. And that was like three years ago, maybe three and a half. Oh, wow. And we started rethinking, okay, maybe the whole metaphor needs to be journey because that's the way agencies and marketers plan program when they're planning the entire marketing program they look at all touch points and they want a way to map it they want a way to then execute it and they want a way to measure it and ultimately create attribution so to know which particular touch points 
have a predominant impact on ultimately producing the results. And the results could be brand-related results on effectiveness, or it could be engagement, or it could actually be conversion-related metrics, which could be anything from, I'm interested in doing this, and here's the form I filled out, which is a lead, or I am ready to buy something. And so therefore, if it's a commerce site, I have real evidence of somebody actually buying stuff. I know if certain touch points actually, or a combination of those, drove higher order value than others. So these things, if they could be done in a single canvas, we call it the journey canvas, if they could all be accomplished, and if you wanted to overlay third-party measurement or data or other things on top of it, all of it could be done in one single interface on the same page. Now that's a breakthrough because we know there is no other platform where you can actually do it in this intuitive way. And there is plenty of other stuff to be added to this, by the way, because we don't plan. We plan by channels. I've seen you optimize by channels. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's true. Okay, so short form video will go through this kind of stuff and these metrics. Long form will do this thing. TikTok video will work some other way. Verticals will go some other way. There's so many specific things you can do, right? And as you add social and you add email, SMS, which are organic and other levels of media, life gets extremely complicated. And this platform is designed to address all of that with the knowledge that how upper funnel or upstream interactions actually ultimately have an impact on downstream performance. Yeah. The fluidity of the movement, the way you can interact and so forth and change in real time. That's Test true. creative. I mean, I can just keep going on and on. There's so many things you can do when the structuring is based on this type of a journey level of depiction. So yeah. that's really it. That's Illumin in a nutshell. Based on what I've, and I haven't used Illumin yet, right? I've used a lot of DSPL here in the streets, but not Illumin yet. But based on the demo that I received and based on my conversation with your team, it really is going to simplify the setup process and then the reporting process. Because now you have clarity on where some touch points are happening, like you said. And I think if you break it down at the buyer level, at the add-ups level, even at the account management level, I think it's a conversation that needs to be understood internally. Yes. Yeah. Because you now just had like a quick, uh, 20 minutes before the recording, right? About educating the importance even of internet marketing, right? Like, yeah, completely. why is the situation like here? Why is there so many issues? Why are brands still pushing? Well, because we have done a great job at complicating things for our clients. You know, the yeah. look at the word yeah. programmatic. Completely. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, exactly. Digital yeah. advertising. Yeah. Like, why are we so complicated, right? Um, but ultimately, again, if you are not able to explain it, that I firmly believe this. Matter of fact, I forgot to ask you the question. I always ask the question to, uh, to my guests. But if you're not able to uh, define programmatic or what you do in a day-to-day to a five-year-old, you might need to really reassess, like, are you really clear on what you're supposed to do? Are you really clear on the whole programmatic world? Understood. Uh, Understood. I think, right? I think the yes, yes. And the journey metaphor has taken on this. quite well, by the way, because it's the way, as I said, mm-hmm. marketers and media buyers like to think about things. So it's easier for us. Now it's just a matter of them using it 
and running it, and many have been for the past two years. Yeah. I would hope that you can train the people who really look to advice from you to get them acclimated to this way of thinking about it. And the more people are trained on this thing, the more easier it's going to be because it's really fast. I mean, you can set up a campaign in like two minutes, really. And that saves a ton of time. We've had people at IPG and other holding companies who are actually using it. And I've literally told their own clients that the amount of time and savings we get out of this thing, there's just no question that why we shouldn't be spending so much more money on this thing. So yeah, there is enough validation now. Yeah. And I think also it is accessible by every brand, right? So we talk about the big brands, but there are also a lot of, you know, medium-sized, smaller, medium-sized brands out there that can access Illumin. So it's- Absolutely. The one word that our CEO uses often is democratizing programmatic advertising. (laughs) Make it easy for everybody at all levels, you know, whether it is a mid-tier, lower tier, upper tier, wherever levels, how much money they spend. There are no minimums, by the way. Like, And so, like, there should be no limitations for people to be able to run anything they want to run. Seriously, that's really it. Hi, did you know that at Ellen Parker Consulting, we now offer an accelerator program where we attract, recruit, and train future marketers? And their training include a six weeks program where they cover programmatic landscape, um, industry, important industry trends, the differences between targeting placement and targeting mix and their best practices, including optimization and reporting hacks. Um, And they're able to set up, manage and monitor a campaign, a demo campaign in the trade desk, everything including audience selection, inventory optimization, SPO, creative upload, brand safety, you name it. They're able to do it at the end of the six weeks program. So if you are part of the 90% of employers struggling to find a skilled candidate today and not willing to spend $14,900 on a bad hire, according to Zipia, give us a call. Let's discuss which one of our five to 10 juniors available every month is the perfect fit for your team. Clients who have hired our juniors have shared that we were able to help them save one to two months on boarding with those juniors. Give us a call right now and let's discuss the solution with you. I think it's a good segue into, you know, the first question, I uh, really proving the value of what we do. Um, because, I mean, you even said that a lot of the things we do is is very, very result driven. It's very, what is that end number at the end of the campaign? And we tend to remove the consumer out of it because we yes. tend to focus on the consumer, right? Because we have that CPA income, we have that ROAS, return of an ad investment, I mean, ad uh, spend, that number in our mind. So we forget everything, all the other touch points. So how do you have that conversation with some of those partners or clients or brands where you prove that the media isn't just currency, it is in the measurement, or is it? Like, how do you, how do you answer that? Yeah, so I would say that we should probably unpack this in stages. Okay. First okay. big question mm-hmm. for everybody is, and the debate has been going on for a while, and I think it's becoming a little bit clearer now. The debate always was, if you remember in the early years, for the brand or the upper funnel end of conversations were always, 
should we be buying SGRPs? And SGRP is kind of a dated way of measuring reach and frequency <laughs> and all of that. And the people in digital were always complaining. It's like GRP is old, it's dated. We can do much more greater targeting now so we can precision target audiences that we want and we can reach them when we want to reach them and we have performance in real time. It's like, why are we messing around with GRP? Well, the fact of the matter is that discussion is now gradually becoming moot. And the way to think about it is there is a way that you can buy media, which is generally going to be reach and frequency. Yeah. We love that. What we like about reach and frequency and would love it even more if we could prove that we are getting unduplicated reach and we are getting managed or controlled frequency. Okay. If a marketer could be guaranteed of that, even if it is not 100%, but it is 80% on the unduplicated, I'm telling you, most marketers would be in the seventh heaven. Okay. The fact is, we can't do that yet. But the buying is still should be along those lines with the goal of reaching unduplicated reach and control frequency. Fine. That's all good. So I do that and I buy it that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But ultimately, the currency is in the results I derive from it. Okay. So somehow I need to be able to map the results back to the reach frequency the way I bought it. So I, I, I bought one pound of sugar. Sure, yeah. pound is a measure. But the success is in how happy did I get by using or eating sugar? That's the success, okay? And so those are two different things. And the best thing you can do is to be able to correlate the two, to say greater sales correlated with, so sales is the currency. That's what we measure because that's how we drive business growth. To drive that much incremental sales, I need this much incremental reach and frequency. You see the combination between the two? One's a buying measure. The other is the currency with which we deal with to drive business profitability and growth. Mm -hmm. So that's always going to be there. And the way to bring it back again to our earlier conversation, mm -hmm. when you have a journey laid out, which is both branding and awareness related at the upper end of it versus performance and result oriented at the bottom end of it. Your opportunity is to keep flexing reach and frequency and precision and audiences and all of that, and then see what combinations of those buying measures are converting into actual sales at the low end of the interaction. You see the connection between the two and you need to be able to see that in literally real time to say, okay, I turned this knob and I removed these two creative and I improved frequency on the creative that's working by 2X. Okay, did that result in higher order value? Did people buy more? 
Did people buy more often? Did I get new audiences that bought from me that never did before? You see the relationship between the two? You need to be able to see that relationship with your eyes without getting confused with all the data that's happening behind the scenes. That, Focusing on that everybody theory. deserves that, by the way. Because uh -huh. that's what we as humans like to understand as progress. That we were able to make some changes or the algorithm was able to make some changes. And as a result, we actually got better results. Oh, wow. Okay, so we learned something and now we can do more of this. And that's considered, okay, we are advancing. We are improving the marketing program. That's what all clients really want to hear. You know that, Alan. Mm -hmm. Many times when you deliver great news to the client, mm -hmm. They're not as excited when you just deliver the good news and say nothing. They're like, this is great. Yeah, like, yeah. this is great, but tell me why in the world are we doing great? Yeah. And they want the rationale behind it. What did you do that mm -hmm. resulted in these better results so we can now replicate this thing in future and build a better business out of it, right? And so they want insights to go along with it. Just good news these days is not enough. Yeah, it's not, it's not. I, I love that. Reach and frequency is is those two, I don't know, it's there's those two things that are super important, you write from a client's perspective, because that's how they understand. That's how they they're focused on that consumer and that client, that end customer. Um, and that's actually the program, uh, the pro the the training program that we created. That's the name of the program, Reach and Frequency. Oh, did you? <laughs> wow. yeah, I was playing on the, the most important. I said if I had to really summarize the my role as a trader or a programmatic it will be measurement and transparency at least closer to reach and frequency <laughs> and then somebody in the in the social world just gave me that idea because it was either reach or frequency and they were like do the both and they submitted like reach and frequency and so that's the program <laughs> reach and frequency um, so i do want to go back to a couple points that you made right um, you mentioned the term unduplicated reach. Yes. So me and my friends listening, what exactly is that? So I understand. So really, here's the thing. What does that mean? Where you are not, let's start with where we don't have the good news. And then okay. we can go towards the good news, right? <laughs> so let's say you're running a program which involves Google mm -hmm. on DB360. You're running Meta and you're running Amazon, okay? Okay. You've taken $100 and you've split up a third, a third, a third across the three. Okay. All right? You get the results and so forth, you're tabulating, all of this stuff is happening. Here's the issue. Because none of these platforms really give you any data back. You have no way of knowing that the people you reached on Google aren't the same people you reached on Meta and they were the same people you reached on Amazon. You don't know that. That's the complete opposite of what I'm asking for or what marketers are asking for, which is give me unduplicated reach, which is they benefit the most generally if those were different audiences because I reached. It's like saying, what's better? Reaching 1 million, 1 million people 10 times or 10 million people once. Mm. 
the calculation of the impressions is the same. You still deliver 10 million impressions. I would much rather reach new people across all three of those platforms, in which case now I'm reaching the full semblance of the audience that's out there in the marketplace that is approachable through those platforms because I narrow segmented it. I know I'm looking for men and women, 55 plus, whatever it is, right? But if I reach the same people over and over, obviously I'm not getting the full benefit of the reach that I really need, right? Yeah, that's right. what we are trying to solve for. That's not unduplicated reach. That's duplicated many times reach, right? So the problem we are trying to solve for is how do we make sure that we get incrementality in the audiences we reach every time we go out there? The reason it's become a difficult problem to solve for, you know, it's because we don't have interoperability. We don't have a common customer ID. All of those are serious problems, right? And that's where the issues are. And so if you come back to Illumin, at least within the programmatic open web space, mm -hmm. we ensure that you are re 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 delivering unduplicated reach with the frequency that you have selected. So we are not reaching them more than how much we believe is the absolute minimum required because one, if you control the frequency, you reduce the amount of annoyance for the consumer. Yeah. Because they get irritated if you keep dumping frequency. And two, you're saving money. So both are good things. Yeah. I mean, there's another facet that frequency we don't talk about, right? Especially for the frequency capping is that when you are launching a campaign, you have the ability to put that cap. Oh, only seven ads in a week or something like that. That's right. That's right. But but the beauty of frequency is not only just the capping, it's the ability to, with the proper measurement in place, right, to understand that after a certain point, after a certain frequency, we don't need to target that customer as much. And that's when you Absolutely. come. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. For example, the whole idea, I mean, you are quite familiar with the idea of customer propensity, right? If someone has a high propensity to want to do business with you, how would you know that? Well, they already visited your site, okay? And therefore, they're clearly aware of your brand. Why would you want to do any awareness advertising for that person? Yeah. That's the, that's the thought. Very simple thought. In simple terms, if you know that they are clearly interested then you should focus on giving them the messages which are far more relevant to get them over the hump of whatever is getting them and preventing them from doing business with you and not keep giving them awareness, beautiful branding ads. Yeah. Well, what that's not really going to do, it just isn't going to do much for you because they're already downstream, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that is the, the beauty, as you said, right? For those who don't need all of the upper funnel advertising, you can fast track those audiences and bring them to the real call to action and get them to do what they really are there to do. And they appreciate that. On the other hand, if you know that the propensity is not all that high and they simply are out of market or as they call near market, then branding is clearly required. They need to know who you really are before they will further engage with you 
and get through that loop where they get stuck. I talk about this, what I call the messy middle loop. Okay. That Google, that the Google did some research on this thing three, two years ago, three years ago. They funded this research where they found that between awareness and purchase, okay. there is this huge middle ground where people get stuck in this whole exploration of choices they have and evaluation and comparison of those choices. Is it the right thing for me? Is it the right value for me? Are there other choices that might be better for me? So what happens to consumers is they just get stuck in this thing because there are so many choices and there are a whole ton of confusing ads that are receiving in any category. Let's say they're looking for a facial cream, for example. Well, there are 10 providers of facial cream and now they are in this constant loop of evaluation. Yeah. Okay. Is this the right thing for me? Is this for my right skin tone? This, that, and the other. And now they remain stuck. Now, unless the brand is there to guide them mm -hmm. through those choices, they will just remain there and one of two things will happen. Either the decision will get delayed or, Alan, you know, that decision will never get made. Because they got so confused. It's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is. I'm one me. of those consumers. When I have too many choices, I'm like, what? It's just not meant to be right now. I'm exactly not. right. So that's what people do. And I think that's bad for the entire market and bad for the <laughs> consumer because they have a need that they simply can't satisfy because we've confused the hell out of them. Right. And so I think that's really the problem that we need to solve for and how much of that effort is required. And that would lead me to the discussion of the creative and the messaging. How do uh, you educate? There's a term we never use. We use the term awareness, engagement, and conversion. I like to replace the term engagement with education. Oh, that's good. I think, I think there is a lot of education yeah. to be done for the consumer before they will feel comfortable and have the conviction to decide, yes, now I know what I really need. Mm -hmm. And I can be very definite about what I want to buy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if the brands and the, the brand that is that that is doing the education, in my opinion, will benefit the most. That's really cool. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think we can talk to you for like hours, but I want to honor and respect your time. So if there's something that happens and the listener has to drop right now, what would be like one thing you want them to remember from our conversation? Like, and when I say one thing, it's more from an actionable insight. Like, remember this, now go do this. There could be a ton of things that we could talk about, <laughs> yeah, but, one, but there is one basic thing to think about, right? Is that you as a programmatic trader or a marketer, you must clearly be thinking from two angles. Mm -hmm. There's the consumer angle, okay. which is something you cannot control. The consumer is on going around and about their lives and they will think, decide, read, watch, talk to somebody, get somebody's advice, an opinion from someone, validation from somebody. You can't control most of that stuff. But you can control how you message with consistency, mm -hmm. with guidance and education to lead them where they need to go. Because True. with all the data and all the opinions that the consumer receives, 
they just feel frustrated and sometimes get lost, right? But you as a marketer's job is to guide them. And so your advertising should not be as much advertising as much guidance. And so if you take that approach, you will guide them to a place where they really need to be. And I'll summarize that with the Nike's approach to advertising. Okay. Nike isn't trying to sell you on anything that they make. All they want you to do is just go out and be active. They know that as long as you remain active as a consumer, four out of every 10 consumers who remain active and are doing something good for themselves and staying healthy and well will end up buying from Nike. Wow, that's pretty cool. They're solving a problem, a consumer problem. Absolutely. Just so worry about what the consumer is really looking for and sees as the true benefit. And if you are there to guide them to do that, then ultimately your business will definitely benefit from that as well. That's really interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I think we needed to hear that again, like get a guide and it's, it's education. I am a big believer. My mission is to educate. Definitely believe that more education out there can only help. It can only help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, that's one of our mission here that, that what we do, but Okay, so the last question before we end the recording would be, I guess, what is one thing you wish you knew that you know now if you were starting an industry? So what is one thing you would tell Siraj, freshman Siraj, just starting, you said in the 1994, you said you were starting a, a digitized. What is one thing you wish you knew that now you know? So I would say that I was extremely impatient when I was young, early in my career. I wanted to do and learn everything right away. And I've noticed that learning cannot be compressed. Ooh. It comes over time. You really, really have to do lots of things. You have to plan, design, execute, get the results, learn from it. Tons of things just will not work. And that's part and parcel of the experience. I mean, experts become experts because they have failed a lot in the process of learning and they become good after that wow. to improve the odds of success, right? And so I just didn't understand that process until I got into it. And it was like five years, six years into it that I was beginning to recognize, oh my God, there's so much for me to learn before I can be really good at this thing. And it's not going to happen. Like just because I stayed up night, like at college, I would just crash the night, you know, and you yeah, know, do great on the exam because, you know, I was like preparing forever. But you can't do that. In reality, as a practitioner, as a professional, it's, there are no like, like full nighters that will help you through that. It is very consistent, very persistent towards what it is that you're trying to solve for. And you have to keep looking at it as like you are developing solutions to fundamentally the marketplace that keeps evolving so fast. And in digital advertising in particular, I mean, we got tons of problems <laughs> coming at us literally every day. And so you have to be, yeah, you have to be very solution oriented. And I think every one of those is a learning opportunity. That's how you have to treat it. And over time, you get really good at it. 
That's really cool. Um, and you do have a couple of podcasts that you're hosting as well, right? Can you talk yes, about Yes, I do. And they are all designed to, frankly, help you do exactly that. Cool. Um, there is a, there's a podcast called Journey Insider, uh-huh. which is really professionals who have achieved prominence. Okay. And it's humbling to see what journeys they have gone through in their professional careers to arrive where they are. Oh, and wow. generally it's very frank conversations about, you know, the challenges they faced and <laughs> the issues they were running into and how they found creative ways to really find solutions. Yeah. Whether they did it themselves or they did it with mentors, they did it with teams, they did it with partners. However they did it, there were all these creative ways to do it. And that's what I want your audience to, to learn. It's like, look, don't think of you as the hero who is going to solve all these problems single-handedly. It just doesn't happen often. Uh, you will need lots of support. You will need lots of help. And so you just need to get smart enough to know where that help is going to come from and yeah. be able to capitalize on that, right? And learn from others' failures and learning. Absolutely. And so that's what you get out of these Journey Insider conversations. The other one that I do is really for the young professionals. Uh-huh. It's called the Illuminaries. These are the people who are really vocal about how they want the industry to change. Mm-hmm. And they really are taking the baton and saying, frankly, the decision is now in our hands. We are the generation who are going to decide the future of media, and this is how we want to see it. Wow. And so those are fun conversations to hear how they're taking departure from where things were, which, yeah. frankly, I love it because it challenges even me, who I think that I have learned a lot, but these people are challenging me by talking about things they would like to do differently than the patterns that we've laid out, which we believe are successful. But you know what? Success is all limited in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in, our industry, really- in our industry, the, the success formula changes really fast. Oh, all the time. There's no one success formula. I'm learning myself. And it's you're right. When you t- The more you talk to some people, the more you're like, oh, wow. Well, actually, it's so good. I need to write it on the sticky notes. Like, well, you you think that too? Um, it's just about learning from others and giving everybody the chance to really prove themselves and really uplift them because we all have a superpower we need to discover. So I Absolutely. love it. So for our listeners, Suraj is going to send me all the information I'm going to have it in the show notes, in the description. So make sure you go show him some love on LinkedIn, but also on the podcast. I think both of those podcasts are really important in our industry. So I'll make sure to put all the information in the show description. So thank you so much for stopping by, Siraj. Of course, Ellen. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Likewise. Have a wonderful day.